Hello, and welcome back to Montreal Sauce. I'm Paul, and uh, this is part two of our interview with Daniel J. Hogan of the webcomic Clattertron.com. Joining us in studio as well is uh, my lovely wife, Tina, at TeenyDVL on Twitter. Uh, And we are going to talk to Dan today about his workflow uh, on the surface for drawing his comics at Clattertron. And uh, then... Uh, after he disembarks, we're going to talk about uh, Doctor Who and uh, Continuum and uh, some other stuff. So here we go. Last time on Montreal Sauce. That's right. By the end of this podcast, you will no longer have allergies. We're recoding <laughs> you. So I was going to ask you, I, th- I don't remember if uh, if I asked you this uh, on the last podcast or not um but i was gonna ask you about your uh your process and i think even since the last podcast your process has changed a little bit because you're doing your um drawing and whatnot on a surface now have you continued oh, yeah, to do for that comics? Yeah, yeah i'm uh so yeah back in july i bought um i uh, broke rank with my apple loyal <laughs> uh, legion and bought a Microsoft Surface Pro 3 and installed um, uh, essentially what's Manga Studio 5, but it's called Clip Paint Studio Pro. It's the dig- it's the same program. It's just the digital download version. I don't know why the digital version has a different name than the hmm. CD version, but hmm. it's whatever. So um, <laughs> as a result, after doing a weekly comic strip for over two years on pen and paper and scanning it and putting it in Photoshop, I had to completely kind of overhaul my process and uh, essentially relearn how to do comics because a lot of it is, um, and I think I've finally now gotten used to it, It's there's so many pen options in Manga Studio because I bought a bunch of pen sets by this mm. illustrator guy and then there's the pressure settings and all that kind of stuff. And you have to get used to the stylus, you have to get used to drawing on glass versus yep. Uh, yep. drawing on paper and um but the the upside is um i can kind of streamline my process and uh so where it's at now is um i kind of try to focus on certain tasks on certain days so mondays is a writing day and uh uh to give credit where it's due i actually got this idea from uh or an idea with this process from a bunch of um, comic people at a, at PenguinCon a few years ago when I had like just started doing my own comics and mm. this is what they said they did. So they would do certain things on certain days. So like Monday is a writing day. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll just I'll try and write as many comic strips and thumbnail as many comic strips as I can uh, on Monday and just that's all I'm worrying about. I'm not worrying about drawing. I'm, I'm not worrying about inking or whatever. And um, so. On average, I can usually get ideas for about you know two to three or so, and it, it helps. I'm only doing one a week, so it helps. You know, I can kind of uh, get ahead pretty easily if I if I have three ideas. That's you know more than half a month's worth of comics. Then on Tuesday, I um, let's say I had, I had three strips I wrote. I'll go into the studio and. Uh, just create three files and I'll panel all three one after another. Then I'll um, start lettering them. And what I just started doing was before I would kind of uh, just draw my own panels while I decided in an effort to be more efficient, um, I downloaded a, uh, essentially it's a Photoshop document with like a bunch of layers. It's different panel layouts. Oh, okay. And uh, by, um, uh, illustrator Ryan Estrada he has this great post on Medium about how to um, it's something like how to make comics really fast or something like that and it's great it's very very handy and um, so one of the things he, he talks about with the panels is he doesn't spend too much time worrying about panels because it's more important to start drawing and you know getting that out of the way and sure. etc so yep. um so what I just started doing is I would just if if I know I need six panels or four panels or three panels whatever I just go and I find a layout I like and drag that in and size it how I need to fit the page and 
then my panels are done. And so I do all that and then I start lettering. And how I letter is I'll go into open office, I'll type out all the dialogue and um, uh, make sure it's spell checked. And then I make it all capitalized because you can mm-hmm. highlight your text in open office and right click and change the, the case and make it uppercase or lowercase. Mm-hmm. So then I copy and paste that into Manga Studio using the text tool and I use um, just as a basic font that's easy to read on screen. I use a, excuse me, I use Verdana and uh, at about 18 point font because I draw at uh, 11 by 17 at 300 dots per inch. Okay. And uh, my strips aren't that size when they end, but that's it's a good, it saves me brain powered worrying about what size to make the file. Sure. Yeah. Like that's just my starting point. And so I paste the text in there and I make the text red and then a layer on top of that, I ink it by hand. So I'm still inking by hand, but I'm just tracing what I've already typed out. And the good mm-hmm. thing about that is I can, um, you know, break up the text, you know, uh, on different lines or whatever and rearrange it however I want and then, then draw it. And then once that's drawn, I can uh, move it around however I want or resize it and all that kind of stuff. And so then on Wednesdays, um, I'll finish whatever comic is next in line. So I'll try to ink that and get that done, which ended up taking me until today, but that's fine. Um, today being Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and then once that's done, then I'll uh, just sketch out as many as I can that I have ready to go. So just like quick, loose, you know, sketches. Cause I, I find if, you know, I, I sketch like two or three back to back, um, it's better for me because I'm looser and I'm more warmed up and everything and they look better. So instead of, you know, trying to do one start to finish in one setting, it's just, you know, if you assembly line it and work on different pieces at different times, it's, it doesn't feel as uh, daunting as a task because you're just worrying about lettering. You're just worrying about sketching, you know, you're just worrying about inking that sort of thing. So, right. Right. So that's really helped me out today. Um, I, uh, uploaded my comic they'll go live on the 23rd so that's for the week of thanksgiving and i already have comics lettered up until the end of december so um i would like to maybe at some point get to doing more than one a week but i'm just kind of sticking with what i'm doing for right now because i don't want to burn out and because yeah. you know, I still have a day yeah. job and everything, and, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm working on a book too, and I should probably spend time with my wife here and there too. So, but my um, wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my long rambling explanation of how I uh, make comics digitally now. Whereas to contrast to when I was pen and paper, I would still kind of do the the worry about one thing a day thing, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to cut out all the Bristol board and have to panel everything by hand and oh, you know, and do all the the text lines with my lettering guide and everything. And now it's you know it's a fraction of the time, so it's it's way easier. Yeah, and the whole breaking it up like one thing at a time that that would be key for me because I I like I love to get caught up in like the entire process and not right <laughs> break it down. So that's that's good. Yeah, well, it's it's good too, like because the breaking it up thing, it kind of helps you forget about stuff, and you're like, oh, I got to finish a comic. I'm like, oh, it's already drawn. It's got to ink, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it's kind of um, compartmentalizes it all a bit, I guess, because you're just worrying about that one thing. And the biggest hurdle for me for working now in Manga Studio was just, you know, figuring out what pen settings and the pressure settings were were good, and I think i kind of have it where i like it now because it just it wasn't looking like how it would if i was using my pens on paper and i just didn't like how it looked and like there's been some i've done since i got the surface that i just you know i had to get a comic up and i just i still didn't like let's say how parts of it looked but i still published it anyway but um you know it's trial and error i just got to keep doing it sure to, to yeah. figure out what works that's a good idea for a book published anyway yeah, published anyway. <laughs> These comics, you'll notice in the background, 
Well, and, and <laughs> along those lines to kind of tie into that whole thing and um, just about doing the work is uh, I just read this book last month or so called, uh, and again, to tie it back to uh, uh, Wes Mulbash, he actually recommended this in a blog post. It was It's called The War of Art. And it's uh, written by the guy who he wrote um, uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. And it's about his kind of process. And just a lot of it's, you know, it's the whole like um, convincing yourself you can do whatever you want to do, that sort of thing. And it's not a everything is great and you're special kind of self-help book. It's a <laughs> shut up, do your work, you know, be a professional. <laughs> no one's going to do your work for you. Stop whining you know kind of thing which was good because I kind of helped I was kind of like drifting a bit as far as my focus at the time and that kind of helped me uh, pull things back together a bit so it's just you know I kind of tell myself when I'm starting to kind of wane like just do the work get it over with just do it you know and I do and and uh, go from there yeah I uh, I just read something and of course I I will butcher it, but I, I just read something recently. Um, I found uh, someone who is trying consulting as a business, and she had wrote something to the effect that, uh, um, what was it? She said she had realized while watching Oprah, of all things, and listening to an author talk, she just said, like, the person said, you know, there's so many people out there trying to um, imitate what other people are doing, trying to be someone else. And then she was just like, you have to be yourself. And I was yeah. like, that's, it sounds like such a cheesy thing to say, but it's like so true, I feel like, in today's culture, because everybody wants to be the next best, next big thing. So, okay, how did Apple do it? Let's do it like that. How did, you know, how did Flappy Bird do that? Okay, I'm going to do that too. And <laughs> well, the so thing is, it, like with Apple and Flappy Bird, they became what they were because they were different. Like, exactly. Like, wasn't Apple's logo for a while think different? Yeah, we're still right. Is, you yeah. know, and and that's that's kind of what I try to do too. Is um, like I try like uh, there will be times where I'll think, oh, I could do this, and it'll be just like you know. X, Y, or Z website or whatever. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, just, you know, if my own stuff's weird, whatever, who cares? You know, the right <laughs> people get it, you know, and it makes me more unique. And in this day and age, you got to stand out because there's, you know, there's a million websites exactly like BuzzFeed, you know, and, but there's, there's only one website like the blog S or, um, John Scalzi's blog, whatever, you know, and, and there were that kind of stuff, you know, like it's easy to mimic stuff and just, it's easy to be a cover band. Yeah. So it's a lot harder and more rewarding to be original and just do what the hell you want to do. So. Oh, back to your comics. I wanted to, yeah, I, I think I had mentioned it on Twitter too, but I, I do like it when you experiment with like the watercolor backgrounds. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I'm easing off on color for right now because I'm. I just want to like. It was stressing me out. Like, uh, like okay, I got to color this now, and you know, figure out how to color it and whatever, and what colors to use. And I just I wanted to like worry more about getting used to drawing on the surface versus just coloring everything. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So um, I'll go back to color eventually, and um, but yeah, I like experimenting, and that's a fun thing too. Like, I mean, I'll, that doesn't mean I won't ever do color randomly like I almost did today but I was like eh it, it wasn't necessary for the comic you know it didn't really matter so then I'll be honest I like the look of black and white but um, um, that's the fun of digital is you know I can experiment and just see how it looks and um, why not well and I, I love the um, the sort of traditional funny pages format where you would have the uh the dailies that would be in black and white because the newspaper was most likely black and white on the daily and then you'd get the the sunday funnies and there's a lot more space it's a completely different panel layout and everything's in color right right um right. and it's the same comic strips it's the same characters but you get a totally different uh feel for the whole thing because now it's in color 
Yeah, I've I've thought of that idea myself, like maybe doing like, okay, um, if I'm still one a week, you know, the first three of the month are black and white and then like maybe the last one of the month is color and I try to do more with it or something or whatnot. Sure. But because uh, there's no reason I can't. And uh, to kind of mimic that, that feel. But you're right. You don't want to, you don't want to just do, you don't want to do color just to do color. You want right. to do color because you're enhancing right. um, the story in some way. Right. I'm, I'm a firm believer in don't do something just because you can do it. You know, just because you have all these special effects and you could do color or 3d, whatever, you know, doesn't mean you have to do it because it's not always a good thing. And, um, so yeah, cause like I said, I'm, I'm worrying more about now just, being able to draw well on the surface because it's still it's different you know you're you're drawing on a piece of glass it's not the same as paper yeah and uh um even on paper my draftsmanship isn't the strongest but um at least after two years i was better than when i started and then when i went to the surface it's kind of you know you're kind of starting from zero again because i wouldn't usually work with a tablet anyway is it uh it must be difficult. I I have like a ten inch tablet, but I don't draw on it. But it must be you. Do you use a desk? I'm assuming. <laughs> well, um, no. It depends. Uh, I've actually the good thing about the surface being that it's. Sorry, I got distracted. One of my cats is digging around in something. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like 13 inches or something. So what I've actually kind of come to enjoy is I'll lean back in a chair and put my feet up and just kind of draw with it on my lap. And um, that's actually pretty nice. And uh, it's it's comfortable until my foot falls asleep, but um, the <laughs> angle is pretty good. And it, it has a built-in it has a built-in kickstand, so I can kind of angle it down like a drawing table and that sort of thing um but um it uh there's times where i'll i'll have like a little laptop table thing or it's not a table but a um like oh, a desk is. ramp thing you know it's angled mm, yeah. so yeah i'll lay it on that as is without using the kickstand and because sometimes you know when you're if i don't have the kickstand down on the way it might kind of give a bit when i'm drawing on it because it's still kind of bending a little bit, not mm-hmm. a lot, but um, so it just kind of depends. I, I experiment, and you know, sometimes I'll sit cross-legged on the couch and just have it on my lap and just draw as is. And um, I guess that's kind of what I like about it is I can kind of use it in many different ways. It's not like you know, if, if I had gone the Cintiq route, <laughs> yes. you know, I'd have to have it on a table. You know, that's what I was thinking actually. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I got used to drawing on for a while. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I was fortunate, very fortunate that um, I have a couple of buddies in town, and one of them had a who are their illustrators, and one of them had a Cintiq, and he let me come over and try it for a little while at his house, and you know it was great, but you know it just you have to have your other computer with you, you have all these cords, you know it's not very portable, unless you get the Cintiq companion, which was way out of my price range. Oh right. <laughs> So, uh, the surface three just, you know, while it may not be as good as a Wacom or Wacom, however you pronounce it, you know, Cintiq, it, it hit a lot of the portability areas for me, which was more important. So, so I like it. Cool. And it, uh, I'm assuming like all tablets, like you can't replace the battery, can you? Probably not. Um, so I'm pretty good at, uh, although I don't know, I could be wrong, but um, I'm pretty good at backing up everything. Uh, I just backed stuff up tonight again. I had bought a, one of the first things I bought was like a Western Digital USB drive and I just mm-hmm. plug it in, you know, at least once a week and just let it back everything up because it's, I only got like a 80 gig hard drive on that thing only. Uh, and that's a lot. Yeah, only eighty gig, but uh but my external drive is like I don't know, a terabyte or something, whatever it is. <laughs> Zetabyte. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you were talking that's good. about I the 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 only thing I hate about it is the 
incredibly overpriced type cover. It's like 130 bucks. <laughs> yeah. It is not worth $130. It's, you know, if it had been 50 bucks, I would have been like, okay, yeah, whatever. But 130 bucks is not worth it. But I mean, I use it all the time, so I can't complain, but, but I will still complain. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think I was listening to uh, the Supercharge podcast a while back, and some people were talking about like, um, Maybe it was just a conversation on a social network, but anyway, people were talking about like uh physical like clickety keyboard that they were all like uh, gaga about, and it was I just thought it was really fascinating. You have a bunch of these people who work on computers all day who are like, "I absolutely hate my laptop keyboard or this keyboard and they want like that old style with like this spring under the key and they want it to pop yeah. back up and yeah. instead of like these newfangled keyboards that are just like minimal and everything and I was just, just like wow that's kind of I feel like it's, it's sort of like vinyl coming back you know yeah. <laughs> people are like look at this keyboard it's like an old typewriter no, I love the keyboard on my MacBook Pro yeah and uh, I guess to be kind of fair-ish, the keyboard itself on the type cover is pretty good. I like it because it's pretty lightweight and I can type really fast on it. But the because the, the surface itself is only 13 inches, it's, it's a very compressed small keyboard. So the keys are pretty close together. I end up hitting caps lock a lot by accident and because you know, I have kind of big hands. But... Um, Typing on it's okay. The trackpad, I could complain about for forty five minutes straight, but um, it's bad. It has, it has Bluetooth, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, I can use any sort of other peripheral stuff to uh, to you know, like I actually more often not use a USB mouse with it because I hate the trackpad on the type cover so much. Mm. I was just going to say, I a number of years ago, I, um, wow, that was a number of years ago, I actually uh, purchased, I just hit the microphone with it, one of those uh, <laughs> Apple Bluetooth keyboards um, secondhand from um, OWC.com. They were selling like used ones and I think I had a, an older mac or something hooked up to the television so i thought well i'll just get a bluetooth keyboard and it was only like 18 bucks or something and so they shipped it to me and um so you know i was just thinking because you love the macbook pro keyboard so much like it's pretty much the same (laughs) might be a little bit smaller i I actually i actually do have um apple usb um regular keyboard um at home that I could you know, probably use or whatever if I really wanted to with my Surface, assuming it would, you know, not reject it because it's Apple. But uh. yeah, mine. This one will. I uh, I was always going to get a keyboard because my wife was going to use the tablet for uh, events and things that she goes to. So I was going to get a keyboard for our Nexus Ten and it uh, Android and the Apple Bluetooth keyboard synced up just fine. It's the the only problem is think that the Apple keyboard is metal because Apple's like, hey, check us out, and so I'm always like, oh, I, I hate having this in the bag with the tablet, <laughs> like the two of them together. That's not a good combination, Gorilla Glass or no Gorilla Glass, right? So, but I mean, yeah, it's lightweight and it travels well enough, but it is kind of awkward because it's not like some of these built these keyboards with a slot built into them and stuff. So you have to find something to do with your tablet. But yeah. Yeah. I will say my, my back definitely appreciates me lugging around the surface in my backpack versus my MacBook pro because the weight (laughs) difference is it's night and day. Like it is totally, totally different. It's way nicer. So, Oh yeah. It's, uh, yeah. My old man eyes certainly do love my 17 inch, MacBook yeah. Pro, but but my shoulder does not. Mm-hmm. So you're plugging a sale. You're, you want to plug your sale before you leave? Yeah. Six? So, um, uh, you can 
you may need to go to claritron.com and I have a uh, a post about uh, adding new stuff to my store. I added some watercolor postcards to my store mm-hmm. envy shop. So all original art. And then there's a sale going on in my Society6 shop. And if you follow the link there, it'll um, give you five bucks off and free shipping until November 9th at midnight Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> Nice. So the West Coasties, you know, you know, they get their time too. That's for select items. I think there's only a few things that doesn't work for, like some of the framed prints or something. But if you're going to buy a shirt or a coffee mug, it's it's definitely a good deal, especially for the coffee mugs. Coffee mugs are usually like fifteen, so ten bucks instead of fifteen, and free shipping is not bad. And they're like totally rad coffee mugs. I happen to have they're one. Super rad. <laughs> they're super rad coffee mugs. They are. They're they actually ginormous. They, yeah, and they um um I've had one with one of my comics on it for several months of daily mm. use and it's not faded or anything at all. So they hold up really well. Yes. Yes. I'm actually just waiting for the day that a burglar tries to break in so I can hit him over the head with it. This is a sturdy <laughs> cup. Yeah. <clears throat> They're they're great, and I I have one from your site with my comic on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was a gift from yeah. my mother. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah, I remember when she bought that actually, because I was like, oh, someone bought a mug, and then she talked about buying it on Facebook or something. And <laughs> I, was like, oh, I know who bought that. <laughs> nice, sweet. Hey, all right. Well, you can find Dan on. The Twitter, and he is uh, at Daniel J. Hogan on the Twitter. Yep. No spaces, no dots, nothing like that. Nope. Or you can find Branding, him on baby. That's right. <laughs> you can find him on Clattertron.com or I'm assuming DanielJHogan.com as well. Yep. I, I do. I try to do a weekly blog post on DanielJHogan.com that's just like a, a wrap up of what I did the previous week elsewhere, just to you know keep doing something there. Nice. It's kind of more the portfolio cool. site. Yeah, he's got a so, Tumblr. He he writes for the library, which is fun because he turned me on to Goodreads. Has this like set a goal for how many books you're going to read in a year, and and so he turned me on to that. So I set a goal, and I'm nowhere near it, and I hate my life. Thanks yeah, a lot. I think, <laughs> I think I just passed my goal. I think I I try to beat the previous year, and I think I just read. Uh, my 34th book of the year and previously last year was 33 but last year I read like three Game of Thrones books so that's like you know eight regular books right there (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) all right well thanks again for uh, joining us on short notice it's really awesome to have you yeah thank you so much Um, my pleasure happy to be here sweet all right well think hard on a movie we'll have to do another film prone yeah let me know I heard you laugh a couple times when he was talking about like his dead relatives and stuff. I was like, oh, that's not cool. What is she reading? Are you serious? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I love, you know, he's talking about these comics. I just had to go and take a look at the oatmeal. And um, I love to see the progression from when he started till now. And he's gotten extremely good at the expressions on all of the characters' faces. They're just amazing, and they make me crack up every time. This is true. The uh, expressions are really great. I. <laughs> it's one of those, like, comics that I forget about because, like, you know, he had his, like, 15 minutes, and then, I, like, I don't follow it, so then when, like... I end up on the site. I'm like, oh my gosh, where did all this awesome stuff come from? Yeah, that's what I just said. <clears throat> yep. So, have you guys uh, seen Constantine yet? No. No, I haven't seen that yet. It's really interesting. It's like NBC was like, hey, we're going to make a Constantine TV show. It's going to be great. And the pilot episode came out and I was like, it's a pilot episode. That's cool. All right. 
<laughs> I'm a little unsure about this. And I was telling my friend that. And he's like, you got to see the second episode because I think you'll be happier. And I watched the second episode and I was like, he's right. I'm happier. But by the way, nothing that happened in the pilot episode matters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite common with pilots. But I just thought it was interesting. Like usually networks will do like a pilot and then like four months later they're like oh here's like the actual show and uh, right yeah yeah the first episode he meets like a girl and there's a lot of backstory about her dad and her dad like when he was alive had this sort of like bat cave and (laughs) he knew a lot about like demons and all this stuff and and so she has like this ability that she inherited from her father. But it was very like she is very like tween, which mm. is a complaint I make all too often because I'm an old person or something. So <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this. And so that's what I was telling my friend. And then the second episode, we don't talk about her. she was like a key part and it was like okay it stars that guy and her that's the whole series and (laughs) the second episode no she's not there wow yeah that's interesting yeah and now you don't have to watch because i ruined it we'll watch anyway (laughs) but how's doctor who tina you know, uh, I really haven't liked it at all. Um, I really don't care for the companion. Uh, ugh. But, you know, the last episode, that was more of what I expected from Doctor Who, the kind of story. Um, I mean, it was a little dark, but, I mean, Doctor Who could be a little bit dark. But the storyline was interesting to me. There wasn't any stupid, dumb alien thing that like tramped around and sucked out people's brains <laughs> you know so yeah i think we're we're kind of used to uh with our television these days we're kind of used to like a series of events happening but we have like a backstory and a plot that we're following like an entire season and doctor yes. who traditionally has been uh, a little more campy with like not a whole lot of that plot thing happening throughout a series. <laughs> and so now we, we require that and it seems like they kind of were going back to sort of the old like, hey, here's a swashbuckling adventure. Okay, yes. next. Yeah. Yes. Because um, I, I mean, even with last, like with last season and, and, and the one before that, they at least had um, an underlying storyline that kind of tied them all together and you know here's what i'm gonna say i was totally with you paul and i have talked about this but i was totally with you like i i hated the companion because i just didn't like her and this season i told paul i'm starting to like her more but what's kind of funny to me is okay when we talk like rose tyler we're like yeah rose and then when you talk like Mickey, you're just like, get out of here. Everyone <laughs> loves Rose. We don't need another companion. <laughs> yeah. And then when you talk Amy, you're like, okay, Rory's kind of funny. I kind of like Rory. Yeah, and yeah. so mm-hmm. now this season, I every time like they tease like Mr. Pink, Danny Pink, I'm like, yes, I will take him because I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want more of a story on him. I mean, they made a big deal about his past and everything like that, but they never actually show exactly who he is, what he's done. I mean, I guess they did a little bit in this last one, but I was hoping that he was like some awesome, like secret service guy that can do more flips and karate kicks and (laughs) (laughs) make things explode with his eyes. I don't know. It's interesting because I, I feel like this whole like series has been grooming us for her to leave, which would be fine like we've just discussed we're not particularly happy with her but it's just it's really interesting if she doesn't because i don't i haven't heard any like rumblings online like this is her last season or anything like oh, that really? But, yeah she's supposed to go oh is she yeah oh okay that makes sense yeah i thought i had read somewhere that 
it was it was potentially even like a mid season thing. Like she was gonna cycle out and they were gonna they were gonna run a new but that didn't end up happening because we're well past that point, it seems I was like disappointed. So. I wanted to see the new one, but you know you know it's gonna be the season finale where she like falls off a cliff or something. So <laughs> Oh, that's just my hope, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the Christmas episode or whatever. Yeah. They'll introduce the new person and be like, oh, you'll get to see her in six years when the oh, next season yeah. starts. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> right, right. At least it's not a split season, though. It, Yeah. As much as um, this season hasn't had. Like, I, I've I've enjoyed um, some of the episodes, but the 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 lack of the continuing continuing plot or at least hints of kind of a backstory going on behind the scenes kind of stuff um has been kind of off-putting to me and some of the episodes are like they can be they're sort of fun as standalone episodes but because the plot's not really moving i i'm not committed to them in any way um and so it's been nice because you get a new episode every week and you're always like okay they're you know maybe it'll move forward now and this week we're finally kind of getting that payoff and i'm kind of hoping that maybe this season things were just a lot more subtle and it's going to be super obvious that there were tons of hints that there's this big backstory and we just couldn't put the dots together because it was, it was too subtly placed, but there actually were important moments in all of those other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been having that secret desire as well, where I'm just like, Oh, please, can they just like make us think we're idiots and like this whole thing. (laughs) But then I just started so much happened in the last episode, like Tina is hinting to like so much stuff like came to light and started happening. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh no, you're like bringing us to like the climax. And then like, you're going to, destroy this villain and move on (laughs) yeah you know it was like getting your appetizer when you get your main dish you know everything at the same time and it was disappointing yeah that's how i get disappointed when my food doesn't come out the way i want it to i feel like though um the last season the last full season of david Tennant, where um it was uh uh, Donna was the companion for the entire season and it seemed like that season had a lot of one-off episodes as well. Um, and then the last, I think three were all to be continued type. Like they went one right into the next, right into the next. You went in, you went into, um, like journey's end and then, you know, everything kind of falls out, um, and you and they did reconnect some of the some of the one-off episodes, but that season had a similar feel uh, when it was coming out, where it was like these episodes are they're fine. Like the Pompeii episode is a fun episode to watch, but not there's no there's no arc that continues to happen. Like the the bees, the episode with the bees is like what is going on with this? Why is this important? But then at the end, they're like the bees disappearing. It was, it actually is an important thing because something was happening to the earth or whatever. So I'm hoping again, I've reiterated this now that, that, that same, those hints have already been dropped and we just didn't see it aside from our couple glimpses of Missy earlier in the sea, early in the season. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like uh, Dan was saying earlier, like um, he's not just going to like randomly color a comic um, just because he can. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like some of the hints that they do drop like that are in that vein. Like we're just going to throw this 30 second clip of Missy in here. You know, like sometimes they just sprinkle that stuff in and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like what's going to happen in the final episode. Yeah, it just let yeah. you gave you like I suppose it kind of helps because it gives you like a location. Like okay, they're obviously in some sort of heaven of some kind, mm-hmm. but but that's all it did, right? We're not going to see unless we get to see some of those characters come back, you know. So right, 
Right. But then I was like thinking that I was like, okay, so everyone we've seen that meets Missy that has died is going to now show up. And then she's like, oh, we just like, we wipe your mind so you can forget because we're going to put you in a Cyberman. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> so I guess we're not going to see anybody. That <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so so I've been meaning to ask, and we haven't had Tina on in a while. Um, I thought, I could be wrong, but I thought you guys had started uh, to watch Continuum together. Did you? Oh, yeah, we watched that and binged watched it all the way to the end. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, we liked it. It was yeah. campy and my favorite kind of uh, like a B movie kind of thing. We made fun of her, the main character and stuff, but we liked it enough to keep watching it. Yeah. And her super suit. Yeah. Yeah. I think she grew on us as the, as the series went on. Like she wasn't real strong. (laughs) She wasn't real strong first season, I feel like, but she improved. It's, it's really weird. It's, I find the juxtaposition of her like being like the hero even though sort of like the quote-unquote terrorists in that TV show are sort of like fighting against like corporate control and maybe they should be the hero. <laughs> right, know, yeah. It, it's, it's really awkward. It's it's kind of like trying to watch Dexter and be like, yeah, you go and chop off his head. Wait, <laughs> right. never mind. <laughs> like, yeah. So she's in an awkward position for sure. But, but yeah, for me, like I think, especially that first season, she was like totally like Harry Potter in like book four, five, six, and seven. Like, just shut up already! <laughs> Stop complaining about living under the stairs. You're a wizard, and you can make shit out of your brain. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no one cares about the Dursleys. Yeah, so. Yeah, so she was always like complaining, like, "Oh, I'll never get back to my family." I'm like, "There is no future if you don't get this right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I find that show entertaining. So, what is it? Like, there's two or three seasons of that, right? Yeah, I think there's three, three? now. We watched so you- all the Netflix ones. Nice. Well, yeah, we watched it all on Netflix. Where they're, they're really reaching now. And then we went to uh, we went to iTunes to watch the most recent season. So, okay, so I think we're up to date on it. I don't know when it comes back or if it has come back, and we just haven't started up a new season yet. No, I think I think it. Oh, well, tradition traditionally in the past, it's come out in like Aprils. So oh, okay. I'm yep. thinking that it's uh, not coming for a while, but yeah. Yeah, like this last season was really stretching. Like the whole like police chief like making the deal, and then like Super Alex. Like I, I don't it just yeah. This whole last season has been like what? Like, yeah, yeah. The other season with that juxtaposition I spoke of earlier, those were kind of entertaining, and these ones are just like, um, okay, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, what I find fun about these like when they do these time travel shows is the way you can just completely remake your series into something else or make oh, yeah. changes. Yeah. Like um, me and my wife have been watching Eureka and she's never seen it before. And I have. And so just like, you know, in between seasons, like they'll do a time travel or something and come back and the future has been changed. And so there are yep. characters are, and it's like, Wow, that's kind of wild. Like it actually adds something to this show. <laughs> right, right. And they don't it's not like Star Trek where uh well, Star Trek until the recent movies, but it's not like uh it's not like old older episodes of Star Trek the Next Generation where there's a time travel episode and at the end of it everything is still reset. Like they figured out how to reset it so they get their future back and then they go back and everything's fine oh except that one van gogh painting was actually done by degas now that's all that's the only thing that's different (laughs) and that's not world changing at all no that didn't change anything (laughs) (laughs) i think um i like the idea of you two doing a webcomic but 
um, to make yourself different. I think you guys just need to buy like a make maker bot printer and then just do like your web comic as a series of photos of the maker of plastic bots that you guys make. <laughs> make the characters out of plastic. Nice. Oh yeah, that would be cool. I we just uh that was our my let me clarify in case she ever listens, that was my <laughs> idea of date night last night as we went to the library and took a class on three D printing. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So um because I, because they have three D printers there in their makerspace, and I had printed out a stand for my um, my enterprise pizza cutter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I got that from Thingiverse dot uh, org, so you can just uh, find models that people have already made. So I just struck pay dirt and someone has made a plastic stand that is in the shape of the Star Trek symbol <laughs> or a communicator <laughs> and it holds up the uh, pizza cutter with one of the screw holes so it uh, it looks pretty sweet I was gonna I have to make some take some pictures and I was gonna write a blog about it but actually I think I might do that for uh, for um, a site that I'm uh, writing for because I was like, oh, I'll write it for them and get paid. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, the class was uh, kind of fun. Uh, Interestingly enough, the printers that are in the library are actually from Edmonton. Um, They decided to go that route. They have someone here to service them. And uh, it prints with uh, a plastic um, cording Mm -hmm. on a reel. And so what's great about the library is uh, they're here to help the public, all these socialized Canadians. So (laughs) you pay for the plastic use and that's it. So I paid, I think, uh, 42 cents for my stand. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. And um, when we went to the class, the printer was going and it was printing some gears. I'm like, that looks vaguely familiar because I was watching it printed. And someone had said, so whose project is this? And she was like, I don't know, but I can tell you I've seen that design before. And she's like, basically, it's printing a 3D printer right now. And I was <laughs> I was like, well, that's right. They can replicate themselves. And she said, yeah, you just have to buy a kit like with the mechanical stuff. But yeah. you can actually print like the gears and stuff like and the things that hold things and so she said, so a lot of people do that. And then my brain started turning. My wife was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's You're going to f- make a maker bot with the library's maker bot. Exactly. The, uh, the library suggests um, – it just got – it's annoying because I had an account there before. But there's this website called Tinkercad and it's totally free. Mm. And so you can design your 3d designs in there and take it to the library. So it's a library should enunciate, but, um, but it just got bought by AutoCAD. So, um, which is still free so far. So, but it's kind of cool that you can just go in and design what you want. There's interesting things like I never thought of because it depends on the type of printer you have, but the ones here, um, you have to be careful like to print things with like overhangs and stuff, right? So sure, yeah, because the plastic will just keep dripping down. So, so yeah, that was kind of our interesting date night adventure, and that's where I got my crazy idea. But it takes forever to print stuff. Like, wow. She was saying someone wanted to print a vase or something like that, and they were. She was trying to ask her to make it a little smaller. The customer, and she said basically it'll take thirty six hours to print as it is now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. So I had one more thing in my notes, and it's totally not developed. It's just something that I came up with yesterday. Um, And I was like, oh, this is good because Tina could be helpful with this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know why I thought that. But but this is because this is what I do is I come up with ideas and I don't pursue them, (laughs) 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 which is totally related to this. So 
uh, I just been reading a lot of stuff and listening to Dan Benjamin and Grit and things like that. And I realize, uh, you know, when you we talk about organization and getting things done, that um, so many of us put things in the someday list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was thinking, um, I was thinking that I might just make a blog and just like try to promote the heck out of it, even though I'm not exactly that great at the, that kind of stuff yet, but. I wanted to tell people listening to the show and um, you guys, but my idea is to maybe come up with a day, um, perhaps in like these winter months, like February or um, even January, but I was thinking February, where we sort of get kind of bogged down by the weather and things like that. And all the holidays are over. I was thinking of having a someday day where we just sort of have like a campaign where we're just like, Hey, today is someday, so take something off of your your list and do it if you're going to oh, make a 3D that's model. A cool idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I was just like, there should be a someday day because so many of us are like, I'll get to that later. or And then when the someday comes, you sit your ass in front of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and maybe that's your someday goal is you want to watch Doctor Who because we talk about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was just thinking there should be like a someday. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to write a blog about it and like get it out to maybe like our previous guests and talk to them about it because they're all makers and stuff and just say, hey, we should do this. Like, because there's so many things all of us want to try or do and we just never do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Life happens. So yeah. So what do you guys think? Um, I was trying to decide because then I get into the nitty gritty stuff and that's where I fall apart and it just stays in the someday list. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was kind of sad because I was like to really get any kind of traction. Like I feel like all the social networks like fall apart on the weekends because we have lives and we aren't going to social networks to, to look at stuff instead of ignoring and ignoring work. Um, But I was like, I thought like someday would be a really good thing to do on a Sunday. But mm. then I was like, I suppose it might get a little more traction if it was on a weekday. But then I was afraid work and life would get in the way on one of those days. But yeah, I was thinking sometime in February. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, love that idea. And I think you got to um, – so – Build the build the blog and then start or put put together a blog post about it and then start building a site where um, I mean kind of like your idea for the film frown site where people would then contribute I think after the first the first someday day um, they would send in like here's the thing that I made. Um, and oh, yeah. maybe if you get a lot of responses, you can even build out the site in a way that's like, here's a big catalog of stuff that people made with their some days. And some of it could be like photography. These people experimented with photography. These people made a song. These people made a little video. These people made things on their maker bots. Um, but, you know, it's like, uh, so then it's not just, you know, get out and do something, but it's also kind of like, come back like again back to dan uh back to dan uh hogan's thing about the uh the podcast make it and then show somebody so do something on your someday and then and then we'll we'll all come back and see uh what each other did and hopefully get it get get inspired again for that next one or maybe that will start a chain rolling of getting more stuff off of your someday list done yeah. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. I think uh I think there was a site like similar to what you're describing and I was kinda trying to look for it, but I thought it was like a hundred days or something and people could post like video of them working towards this whatever they want to learn in a hundred days, like sure. playing a ukulele yeah. or something. Um but yeah, I, I yeah, that's a good idea. So you think it should be like a weekend, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think so. A Saturday or a Sunday, since for the most part, people who are 
bogged down by their busy lives are Monday through Friday people probably, you know. True. Um, that would be that would be my guess. The first Sunday after Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> uh, Could be arbitrarily defined like that. Oh yes, I, I like the. It's what yeah. Lincoln would want you to do. <laughs> I love those arbitrarily defined holidays like that. That's right. <laughs> Emancipate something from your someday list. Uh, ooh. Nice. A good Lincoln impression. You sounded just like him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagined you in the hat. Four score and seven Sundays ago. <laughs> that, uh, Actually, I was going to start doing my, uh, who was it? Daniel Day-Lewis that was uh, Lincoln in the uh, recent... Uh, Yes. Yeah. Lincoln movie. Lincoln movie. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we, we didn't see the whole thing, but we recently saw um, probably the last half of it or so. My mom was watching it when we came over on Sunday and, uh, and she was watching the last half of it. And, and it's interesting. I feel like he did a really good job uh, in the portrayal. I think it's pretty historically accurate as well, although I'm not I'm not certain of that. But I have not seen that. And I wasn't sure about I mean it had good reviews, yeah, but I yeah, was just, yeah. I was a little bit um concerned with um with it being overly dramatic. Oh, sure. Just, yeah. just from my current mood or whatever. So when it right. came out, I was right. like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hmm, I was trying to find, as you were saying that, uh, there's like this um, game show that I bumped into <laughs> looking for a clip for something. And uh, it was a British games show, and I was going to suggest it to you and Tina. And it was, there was a bunch of them on YouTube, and I watched like two of them. But basically, it has um, Moz in it from uh, IT Crowd. Oh, okay. Oh. And I, you know, obviously you love that show, but it was this show about quotes and I, I thought I found it and when I was uh, googling as I was chatting but I didn't want to click on it and have like the audio <laughs> <laughs> blistering through as I uh, as I watched uh, or talked to you guys but yeah it was like this quiz show uh, about um, quotes and so they ask actors and um, the team captains who uh Maz is one of them, and I only keep saying that because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> his first name is Richard, but it's Iod or something like that. Iod. <laughs> um, but they basically they give them quizzes, and they actually gave they they gave them quizzes about quotes that people said. And so the show format, which is really good, and we should steal it for another wow. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have the team captain, so there's Moz, and then there's another British comedian, and then they bring on other actors or comedians to be part of their teams. And then the host will give them a quote, and then they'll say, like, who said this? And he'll pick, like, three completely, like, outlandish people, like a dictator and Madonna <laughs> and something like that. And then they have another person who is, like, an actor – who comes on and reads all the quotes. That's only his only job. <laughs> and so then they'll do like, a, this is a quote from someone on the show currently who said this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite entertaining. And it's, it's, it was, it was, it had me dying. Like I just couldn't believe how crazy it was. And it turns out whether it's just a character he's made up or not, but uh, Richard, 
um, from the IT crowd, Moss, he apparently has like this um, reputation of being very shy. Okay. And so I was like, well, he doesn't seem shy. That's why I clicked on the thing to watch it. But then there is like an appearance of him like in some sort of interview where they're asking him about like a book that he wrote. And he is just like, it's like a performance the way he handles this interview or like, <laughs> you know, he's just like, so we're not supposed to promote these kinds of things. So um, we're just having you on the show. And he's like, well, but you really are promoting it by having me here, aren't you? <laughs> like he just, he flipped the entire interview and I was just like, and that's what sent me down the rabbit hole of watching his clips. So anyway, I still don't know the name of this, but I will put it in the show notes, but it's, it was hilarious. The two episodes I saw, I was just dying and they had a Lincoln quote on there. And that's what made me think of it because <laughs> they were asking British people like um, they gave them like five words of the Lincoln speech and they said, fill in the rest. And they're like, I don't know. How does that go? Like something, right. yeah. something about scoring. <laughs> it was great because they were British. And I was like, oh, they don't know it. And I was like, I know it because I'm American. I think I know it. Do I know it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Anyway, I just rambled on about that forever. So we should probably uh, call it quits. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, this was good. It was uh, lovely to have uh, Dan stand in for Dan. Uh, worked <laughs> out very well. I'm glad that he... Uh, overheard saw my conversation with Dan on Twitter <laughs> yes and was able to step in that was uh that was excellent you and, think it's hmm? you think it's excellent now until like he's asked to stand in for Dan Benjamin on other shows on 5 by 5 and then he'll be like cursing <laughs> right, him right he starts he'll be like Hogan he starts okay. doing back to work <laughs> with, <Yeah>. with Merlin <laughs> <laughs> with Merlin man Dan Hogan uh yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was a fun one. And I'm glad that we got to uh, loop back around to Red Shirts because I did uh, really enjoy that uh, book. And test the new board. And test the new board, which uh, once we're no longer on the live stream, I'd like to keep you on for a little bit so I can see if I could figure out the uh, mute, the, the mute switch thing. I think I, I think I might know what's going on with it. Sweet. Yes, because yeah. you've been thinking about that the whole show. I have been, and I've been churning it in my mind. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening if you're still listening. And if you're not, well, then how are you hearing me? Think about that for a while. Okay. So <laughs> I don't even know. It just comes out of my mouth like diarrhea. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was for Tina. Uh, I love it. I'm going to steal it. Yeah. Um, so I this has been Montreal Sauce. Uh, again, how did you not know that? It says it right on your screen. Um, and I have been Chris, and you can find me on Twitter at Sick Days. And uh, you can also find me here in my spare bedroom wearing camouflage pajamas. Or can you find me in those? Hmm. All right. <laughs> And I am Paul. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Paul D, P-A-U-L-D, and also on uh, Cupcake with uh, the same handle there. And uh, on my blog, padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com. Or Pauld Sexy, Pauld. That's right. Pauld. Pauld dot sexy. What? That's my. That's that website, pauld.sexy. You haven't been there? It just sounded like bald sexy and nothing was going on. <laughs> bald, bald sexy. I know. I it's a this, very different site. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not actually purchased because I'm totally pointing that to sick days. <laughs> I'm going to point it to my reel, actually. Uh, yeah. Sick. Paul... You know, I secretly wanted you to go bald after I said Pauld. <laughs> oh, it's a spell, huh? Voodoo. Canadian voodoo. 
No, it's not. I just was like reading his Twitter name all together with the D at the end, Pauld. And then I was like, if he went bald, that could totally be like a, you know, you could sell a whole line of products for bald men. Mm-hmm. Paul, that's sexy. Don't be bald. Be pauled. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Where do we find Tina? Oh, sorry. Uh, Tina at, <laughs> at Teeny Devil. <laughs> it's Teeny DVL. Sweet. And when's your last tweet? Oh my goodness, it's been it's been a while. I'm just harassing you because it's fun. No, <laughs> I I haven't thought about it. That's good. That's good. Oh, I could like tweet all the sick shit my kids do. <laughs> <laughs> this is I like it because it's like sleepwalking guy who you still love so much. <laughs> you, you just need to start a different account. Uh huh. With a catchy name. Gotcha. Like Paul Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new vanity, a new vanity Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening. I'm going to stop before I say more stupid things. <laughs> I have to put my foot in my mouth. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Really.